Welcome to the WWE Podcast Monday Night Raw review for this Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. Boy, Monday Night Raw was all about John Cena, wasn't it? From video packages to interviews to awkward backstage segments to a pandering appearance by John Cena. We had it all, and we're going to talk about that and so much more right after this. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright, everybody, welcome to the WWE podcast for this Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. And before we get going in a Monday Night Raw that was consumed by John Cena, and rightfully so to some degree. I wasn't a big fan of all of it, uh, even though it's nice to see John Cena. So I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, first, guys, tomorrow is the return of Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. So get your questions in. If you want them to answer your emails, then send your emails to me and I will forward them on. You can send them to mailbag at wwepodcast.com. I'll still be doing the voicemails. So really looking forward to hearing from all of you as this is a premium live event week. The premium live event. Just dawned on me is a Saturday. I thought for months that it was on a Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. It's Saturday, guys. If you're as screwed up as I am about when this event is, it's actually Saturday. So uh, keep that in your calendars. But uh, this week is going to be busy, obviously, with it being a premium live event week. We have review shows, preview shows coming your way. Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan coming your way. It is going to be a fun, busy week as we roll into July here uh, at the WWE podcast world. And uh, hopefully we dive into some video in a big way this week. That's the goal. We'll see. And uh, when that happens, I'll let you know where and when you can see that it is going to be hopefully an hour show and uh, streaming on a streaming service. So uh, more to come on that very soon. And again, if you want to go ad free, patreon.com slash WWE podcast is the name of the game. You can also head to our website, WWEpodcast.com, and uh, go VIP that way with ad-free content and everything else and Apple Podcasts, too. So, uh, guys, John Cena dominated Monday Night Raw, didn't he? I mean, if, if you didn't know it was John Cena's 20th anniversary, I mean, you probably knew it within 10 seconds of watching the show. And, of course, we get an appearance by Vince McMahon for no reason at all. Nothing to say. As always, he comes out to just... Get a pop from the crowd, which the crowd needs to start booing. I know it's not natural to boo the owner of the company because you don't see him often and people have a lot of respect for him, but people should just boo him. And not because I want to jump ahead of what the conclusion of the investigation is going to determine, but just for the fact that he's coming out for absolutely no reason now, right? Like just can, can we boo him, please? Guys, it, it, it's getting worse. I mean, he's not saying anything. Nothing. He comes out, does his strut, which is fun, but I, I don't know. It's, let's send a message to Vince McMahon, okay? Uh, as I rallied the troops here, but uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. However, this was all about John Cena, and you know what? I have no problem with WWE doing this. Um, you know, John Cena is arguably, but not definitively, one of the greatest of all time. I think that is a, a extremely subjective subject. Of course, it is. And seeing him in the 
the the the gear he wears with his hat and his shirt and his jorts and his uh, you know all that stuff it's fun and i have no problem with it um i think that it's gonna pop a rating i mean they they showed him throughout the show i mean he he had probably like 10 different segments on the show some of them fruitful a lot of them pointless a lot of them awkward and um you know i I, let me get to the positives about it first. Number one, the video packages they did. Excellent. As always, video packages are on, you know, A++ here. Loved the video packages done. Uh, really summed up his career, reminded me of some things he did and I forgot he had done. And he certainly has had one of uh, an absolutely legendary career in WWE. No doubt about it. One of the best promos of all time. Uh, in-ring wrestlers of all time, and that may be controversial to some people, five moves of doom and all that, but he's one of the last few guys that can have a really good to great match that isn't a flip-flop and fly guy. He's like the last of that generation, um, you know, because he understands in-ring psychology. He may not be the most coordinated guy or the most, you know, high-flying guy, or he's not going to be ricochet style at all. But that's what I like about John Cena's style is it's it's still a little bit more old school. He's still from that early 2000s class where in OVW, which is, again, the famous class of OVW, Batista and John Cena and Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton, that famous OVW class where he was known as the prototype, uh, you know, they learned wrestling much different than the guys and gals that do now in NXT and how to how to you know kind of modify your style to what the fans expect today. So he still does represent that kind of older school type of uh, of wrestling. Now, of course, old school is a subjective term. If you're somebody in your 40s or 50s or 60s listening to this, you're probably like, "That's not old school. What are you talking about?" Right? Like, old school is the 80s, pal. Right? But it's all subjective. It depends when you were born what you consider old school. So. Um, but my point is, though, I, I think that John Cena is still, of course, an incredible uh, in-ring wrestler on the mic. The Make-A-Wish stuff he does is commendable. Uh, the things he, the lives he has touched, is uh, immeasurable. Uh, it, absolutely immeasurable. He he has changed a lot of lives and granted a lot of wishes for sick kids, and that's you know that that's really the most important thing that you know you can do and to visit kids that are, you know, and I'm not trying to start out dark here, but dying children, right? Like, and that's their wishes to see John Cena. He's granted over 600 wishes. I mean, that, of course that's, um, it's, it's, it's awesome. And you know, it does, it's a testament to who he is as a person. And I believe who he is as a person is really who he is. And that's what made his made has made his character work really well. And, uh, you know, so all that's great. And I and I think that he has had a legendary career. He is a living legend, as the uh, as Byron Saxon said and Jimmy Smith said. Corey Graves, too, uh, all put him over like a million bucks. And, you know, that that is all true. And it does sound like John Cena is not done inside the ring. He said, you know, it's going to be more than one match. I believe him. Uh, he's, so that's good. Something to look forward to. His in-ring career is not over although it's about probably 90% over, I do still think that when you look ahead, you could do an entire podcast on this. Does John Cena at some point have another mini run? Now, he's not going to go full time, but does he decide to have a bit of a run where he is for the, dedicated to WWE for the most part for you know a 6 to 12 month period? And he 
you know, has a has his seventeenth his historic seventeenth title uh, victory, defeating Ric Flair's record, and also potentially turn heel. Does he want to cover all of those bases before he calls it a career? And I say, why not? A heel John Cena at this point, you've got nothing to lose. It's house money. He's not the name of the game anymore. He's a part-time guy. He's a nostalgic uh, just appearance at this point. He's not going to make or break your product. You're not building anything around him, so you are playing with house money. Why the hell not turn him heel if you have some kind of secondary run with him? And also give him that 17th championship. You know That that also would be something I'm sure that they have no problem uh, giving that, that record to John Cena because... You know, Ric Flair isn't exactly in the best of graces of WWE right now uh, with uh, the whole plane ride from hell that happened uh, several months ago and that whole uh, deal where they had to once again separate themselves from Ric Flair. So so all all good there, guys. I mean, uh, that's all the positives I have to say about it is it was, you know, it's fun to see John Cena, his music, all, all that stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, very, very entertaining guy, confident guy. So let's turn the tables a bit and give you, uh, as expected, things that I, uh, on Monday night, that I was not a fan of that they did with John Cena. Uh, the, the, the pandering that he did, the, the whole promo he cut on the crowd. Um, well, let me start. Let me start this. Let me start this way. The way they opened the show, the way they opened the show with John Cena and every single person, with the exception of like one or two, maybe Theory wasn't there. Although that was something I really liked too. Theory and Cena went face to face. That got a reaction. Um, so good stuff there. But everybody just standing like good little soldiers, as as if it's uh, some, you know, uh, if it's like the 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 Pope. Or even then, I mean, if it's like Christ Himself, Second Coming. Like, I mean, who, you don't do that, okay? I understand the effect they were going for that he's, you know, he's this big respected living legend and oh my God, 20 years. I thought it was a bit overkill uh, of having everyone put everything they have going aside, no matter who's in the room next to you uh, or who's standing next to you. They tried to, I guess, kind of separate the heels and baby faces to certain sides. And so I was looking to see how they, they arranged people. I don't think it was super thought out. They just had this like seemingly endless line of people from production staff to, uh, you know, uh, people that very rarely are used uh, to you, you, announcers. I mean, like everybody. And I was not a fan of that having it constantly happen and then having it happen when he came out to the crowd to cut his pandering promo that I really didn't like. And I know some people are like, what do you mean you didn't like it? I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But having him go through like some kind of, uh, greeting line like like you're you you know you're um you you just got married and you are it's like a concession line is that what they call it i i got married and i can't remember the damn terminology where you you get married and then you walk towards the back and like there's people waiting and you have to like greet everybody it's bizarre uh it's uncomfortable and i did not like it and it again it just says that john cena is bigger than anything and everything going on everybody put all the rivalries aside it doesn't matter no matter how much you try to convince us you know 10 minutes ago that you hate this person we're going to stand side by side lock arms maybe uh, you know hug and kiss each other because my, my god john cena is walking down the hallway i hate that crap there's certain times to do it and not do it to such an extent 
when somebody is truly retiring or has a, a magical moment or, you know, maybe in private they do this and it's something found in a documentary afterwards where, you know, the, the cameras were following him like Undertaker. Uh, when the Undertaker retired, you saw uh, a lot of footage that you never saw on TV because it wasn't built for TV as a storyline. It was private done in the back after a legendary career was over with the Undertaker or if he had an amazing matchup like with uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25, that kind of stuff. It shouldn't be something that's just done as part of the television show. It should be something that's done in private if you're truly going to do that. And then show it afterwards in a documentary. I think it has more meaning that way. So I do not like those concession lines that they put together for Cena. I can't stand it because it's such an exposure of the business. And you know, people think, think what they want. I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of, of differing opinions on this, and that's fine. Um, now, now let's get to the promo cause, and, and some other things that they did. The promo, I, it, it was... It was here's the thing. It wasn't a bad promo. He's well spoken. Uh, so the, the 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 execution of the promo was, I mean, spot on as, as John Cena's promos always are. But can we stop with the pandering and like the it's not about me. It's about you guys. Now, here's the thing. I think he believes that about 80 percent. I think most of him is being genuine with that. I do. But I also think there's this smaller portion of himself that knows that when he does this, people will like him more because and also it it takes the focus off of you. When you say that it's really about you guys, you're really the reason for my success. You are the one. You know, it's not about me. It's never been about me, as he said. All this stuff, it it it, it takes the focus off of you as if you don't want that exposure, you don't want to be recognized which actually makes you more recognized in, in a way. Um, and when you try to put the admiration on the fans, which I under, I, I believe that he gen- genuinely believes it mostly, but it's a little bit of a human psychology trick. And I don't, again, I don't think he's doing it maliciously or purposefully, but he knows how people work. He knows what empathy is. He understands human emotion. He understands that, you know, if he takes this off of him and puts it on the fans and you guys are the reason I, I know what he's doing. And again, it's not malicious intent on his part. I just I'm not a fan of that crap. And honestly, John Cena is a bit guilty of this his entire career, which is one of my criticisms of John Cena's very few. And again, he legendary guy, Hall of Fame career will never be duplicated is one of the greatest of all time. But something I've had a problem with him his entire career is his pandering and pandering was on level 20 out of 10. Uh, last night and I, I the pandering to the crowd and the crowd just eating it up it's like I, I don't know um I don't like that it's like dude stop telling us it's about us we're not here for us like tell talk talk to us about your career or you know things you remember or you know something other than just trying to come across as a great human being why well, doesn't he want to talk about himself what a humble guy you know what I mean I don't know um it, I hate, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just because uh, maybe I'm an egomaniac. I don't know. But so I was not a fan of the promo, although I understand totally why some of you probably are. Um, But, you know, outside of that, John Cena kind of appeared here and there with people just kind of randomly yelling at him and him just standing silent and making faces. Why? I mean, John. That's why aren't you allowing John Cena to speak? That's one of the best things he he's he's. I mean, his ultimate talent, I think, is actually on the mic. And you're taking it away from him, like when Seth Rollins comes up or Theory comes up. Um, 
Yeah. And he just remains silent. It's like he, that, that is what John Cena does the best is 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 actually like speak his facial expressions in body language are always god awful but cuz they're like childish but uh his actual you know voice and his content of his promos always really good so he has to stand there in silence as like these heels cut promos on him that I wasn't a fan of either um you know, so that that was something that I thought was a little bit much. And of course, the concession line again when he comes out to cut the promo was just sickening, especially. I mean, I see Carmella, who just got her face knocked off five seconds earlier, is out there like, hey, well, woo, John Cena, people just applauding, you know, as if, you know, they're uh, I don't know. They, they had just as, as if this man has just saved a, a, a school bus full of children from, you know, certain death or something. Um, I don't know that that was not exactly my favorite either. And, you know, so of course Vince has to get involved for absolutely no reason. Didn't like that because Vince is just doing nothing these days on camera at all, other than serving his ego and sending a message to people. I'm not going anywhere. Damn it. I'm going to be in the public eye. I'm going to do the opposite of what most people do. And I'm going to be out in front. It's like, dude, it's just, yeah. Anyway, so that was the John Cena uh, celebration. Um, you know, I, I, I understand why people enjoyed it. I, I, you know, did up to a point and then it just got to be too much. And then the street profits, of course, uh, you know, have to get in on the action and God, can they play? I'm ready for the street profits to break up or turn heel because if I have to hear them being introduced one more time as with Montez Ford or uh, Angelo Dawkins, who's honestly at this point insufferable. I'm sorry. Angelo Dawkins is insufferable. Love Montez Ford. Angelo Dawkins is just. I don't know. Not a fan of his babyface character. Doesn't mean he can't be a great heel. But uh, introducing every, the second they come on camera, it's yeah. And they start clapping up to this like crescendo of whatever they're talking about. And whatever they talk about is always just what everybody else is talking about. It's never about what they have going on. It's like they're just kind of the de facto promoters for the show. And they always have to be facing the camera where everyone else pretends it doesn't exist. I don't know. Um, it, and see, now I'm going to go down a downward spiral, but uh, the Street Profits, we'll get more into that as we uh, go on here. And I'm sure maybe I'll have a, another thought or two about John Cena. Um, and uh, yeah, so. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on here. And um, <sighs> we had a battle royal to secure a spot for the final chance for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And the Battle Royal kicked off the show, and uh, it came down to Riddle and Miz, who had, he faked a knee injury earlier in the match. And Riz, Riz, boy, that's a combination, huh? Riddle and Miz, uh, again, ended the match with Riddle eliminating Miz with an RKO on the ring apron, and the crowd loved that. So now we have Riddle in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Of course, Riddle is dedicating his victory to Randy Orton. So I like how he's keeping Randy Orton alive even when he's not there. That's that's fun. Um, so, and we did hear from Randy though. Uh, at least I heard from Randy. We heard from Stone Cold Steve Austin. We heard from Triple H. All of them sent in videos, presumably from their their cell phones to WWE production, and they just whipped it up. And uh, that was fun to to see them. But uh, okay, AJ Styles took on the Miz. Yes, 
the Miz, again, who was also involved in the Battle Royal, so Miz did double duty here. But AJ Styles defeated the Miz via countout, and Styles interrupted a Miz interview, and uh, he was upset that Miz eliminated him from the Battle Royal earlier in the night. That led to the match. And then once Styles seemed to have the match in hand, Miz chose to leave the ring and walk up the entrance ramp. Who Again, he took the countout loss. So uh, Miz loses twice last night. AJ Styles versus The Miz. I don't know if that's going to be a thing moving forward. All right, Bianca Belair and Carmella come face-to-face. Belair was being interviewed, and when she called Carmella to the ring, Carmella answered. She said she would take Belair's Raw Women's Championship, Money in the Bank. Of course, she had to say Mella is money. People, again, people are booing her because nobody wants to see her wrestle Bianca. They aren't booing her because she's a good heel. I think maybe that's lost on people. That's lost on WWE, certainly. That when people boo Carmella, it's not because, oh, man, I I really hope somebody just knocks her off her perch. It's because they don't want to see her in a way that's like channel changing, in a way that's, oh, my God. It feels like she's a a diva's leftover, like a diva's era leftover. That's what Carmella feels like, and that's why people don't like to see her. Um, And you know what? Carmella, I think, had a really nice run as SmackDown Women's Champion. People forget about that a number of years ago. She did. And she has shown kind of uh, glimpses of greatness, and then it just goes back to nothingness. I mean, she had the whole uh, sommelier thing, and she was a a wine snob on SmackDown for a while, and that went nowhere. And uh, Reggie, and uh, now she's just back to kind of, oh, look at me, look how pretty I am. The most generic possible gimmick of all time if you're a woman in WWE. Um, Again, I think people, it's just lost on WWE, especially that when she gets booed, it's because people just don't want to see Carmella at all. They don't want to see her get beat up. They just want to see her go away. Let me tell you, or let me ask you this, guys. If Carmella left WWE, if if we learn tomorrow that she resigned, she's gone. Would anyone care? No. And look, I'm not talking about what kind of person she is. I'm really, I'm not advocating for her to lose her job. That's not my point. My point is it just shows you if your answer was nope, then that tells you all you need to know about your investment in her character as a heel. You don't want to see her. You don't care to see her. And it's a huge disappointment that it's Carmella versus Bianca instead of Rhea Ripley. Now, I know Rhea has an injury and all that, but still. Okay, so... Carmella then uh, tried to hit Belair with a cheap shot, and Belair was waiting, and Carmella did not get her, the best of her. So we get a Carmella and uh, Bianca face-to-face, and uh, it ends up with Carmella getting bested. So I don't think that's any indication that Carmella's going to win at Money to Bank. Let me just say that. Now, on the flip side with Bianca, I continue to say this, guys. The reaction for her on a week-to-week basis is not getting better. It's... It's just kind of staying the course. It's mildly positive with some booze thrown in and indifference thrown in. And that's concerning. If you're if you're WWE and you have your women's champion, Bianca Belair, who won the uh, championship at WrestleMania for the second year in a row, not getting the reaction that you are trying to get for her on a now a larger sample size than just like a week or two, that's a bit concerning because I think Bianca Belair should not be in this position if that's your babyface champion and it's it's just it's now getting to be a pattern a long-term pattern and that should tell you whether or not they need to 
maybe do something different with her character to continue on her babyface run, or maybe just switch heel, which, you know my vote. Okay, Liv Morgan defeats Alexa Bliss via pinfall with the good old-fashioned devastating maneuver, most devastating maneuver in WWE, the roll-up. And the match came after the women were interviewed, and they said they weren't friends but were friendly, and they both vowed to win the Money in the Bank ladder match on Sunday. Not much here, guys. Not much here. I honestly don't know if either has any chance at winning the Money in the Bank on sun- on Saturday. Rather, the match itself was, I mean, wasn't exactly the longest match in the world, and it was it was okay. Liv Morgan beating Alexa Bliss with a roll up is, I mean, it's actually a little bit surprising considering that Alexa Bliss kind of just returned, and they, you, you know, you would imagine they want her on some kind of a hot streak, but nope, Alexa Bliss is back to fifty fifty booking. Same with Liv. So. That's it's not a good sign if you're a fan of either of the either of these women and you want them to win one of them to win the money in the bank briefcase. This didn't provide you on Monday night with a whole lot of supporting evidence that that could be the case. So it's not looking good. Bobby Lashley defeated the Alpha Academy in a handicap match. He locked in the uh, the hurt lock to Chad Gable and theory was the special enforcer on the outside. But Lashley still was able to get the hurt lock on Gable. Gable tapped, but then right after Lashley won, we had uh, we had Theory beat down beat down Lashley. Uh, Lashley was actually able to still fend them off, all three of them, as the match uh, ended. And he got a spear on Gable. Went for the spear on Theory, but Theory rolled out of the ring. So you know, I gotta say. I'm a I'm a fan of theory. I, I I might be a theorist. Ooh, did I just come up with something like Canaanites or Jericoholics? My theor- theorist. Nah, I don't think that works. It's too difficult. Uh, but that's honestly, uh, you know, something I wanted to say was that we have a nice heel United States champion right now. He can talk. He feels confident. Even in front of John Cena, he felt confident. I liked the way he felt. Uh, Austin Theory right now is on a pretty nice roll. And I think Bobby Lashley and him are going to have uh, a decent match on, on Saturday night. Then we get an interview from Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes said he has nine months due to the injury from Seth Rollins. Which, again, uh, I mean, they're, they're playing that off. I don't think. Number one, I don't think it's nine months. I think he'll be back in four or five. Uh, probably before the end of the year. That's my guess. I think nine is a little high, but WWE tends to estimate high. So if in fact the, the star needs that time, they actually still have it. Or they also, I think as a dual purposed reason for doing that, they bring back the star quote unquote early to make it look like they healed earlier. When in reality, the true timetable is about half of what they originally told you, right? To make it, Oh my God, he's surprised. How was he here? He was supposed to be out for nine months. My God. Right. So I think that's what's happening here with uh, with with, with uh, Cody Rhodes, and that's fine. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins Part 4. Many people have speculated that Seth wins Money in the Bank, cashes in, beats Roman Reigns, and carries the championship to WrestleMania, at which point Cody Rhodes ends up winning the Royal Rumble and facing Seth Rollins for Part 4 of their rivalry, which I would love. I mean, give that to me all day, every day. Roman's no longer champion. Seth Rollins is there on a weekly basis, who belongs as champion anyway. And you know Cody and Seth have a great 
uh, chemistry together and the, fits the story and it's a long-term booking deal. I love all of it. I mean, like, please give me more of that idea. You know, that's, I, I know people have speculated about it. I would love it. So we'll see if it comes to fruition. But uh, all right. So uh, the, the Cody Rhodes interview, it, he Rhodes said it was bittersweet knowing he would only be watching Money in the Bank and not participating. But he'd like Seth Rollins to win so he could be one of the first to congratulate him. That was interest, an interesting choice of words because the way that he phrased it, it was almost as if he was saying without saying it that if Seth wins, I'm going to be there to congratulate him. I don't. I wouldn't put too much stock into that, but you could certainly interpret it that way, where where Cody was saying, "Hey, um, you know, I want to be the first to congratulate him." Well, how are you going to do that via satellite in person? Like, how does this work? You know. So I think Cody did a nice job of making fans think, and that was cool. Um, you know. So I have no no problem there. The interview was was fine. I was trying to count the number of unnecessarily large words that he was using to come across more intelligent or well-read or whatever his goal is by using words that are not unnecessarily complicated to just explain something simple. I think I got one thing, maybe two things where he said, I I was going to write down the damn word. I probably should start doing that. Make it, make it a drinking game, right? Whenever Cody Rhodes says an unnecessarily large word that he clearly was using a thesaurus for 10 minutes earlier, we should all take a shot or something. Um, but I really, honestly enjoyed. I enjoyed the promo. It kept Seth and and uh, and Rollins, or rather Rollins and Rhodes, in your mind as a long term feud that will be concluded. And I enjoyed that. You know, uh, list beside and and I mentioned it, but it's a it's a distraction for me. Maybe I'm just being a jerk, but I'm not making fun of his lisp. It's just something that just is distracting, and it's a detraction for me. Just is. I'm you know some other people are afraid to say it as if they're making fun of his disability or whatever it's just a fact you know i'm not sitting here making fun of it i'm not sitting here making light of it it's just an objective reality for me that i look at him and i'm like he's got good content he's got a good look he's he's experienced he comes from a wrestling family and you know all that good in ring perform really good in ring wrestler the lisp man the lisp and you know what i don't think he can do anything about it at this point and i've mentioned it before but this time it made it for whatever reason it was even more pronounced um, on Monday night where his lisp was uh, just uh, maybe he said a lot of S words. I don't know. I, but anyway, Cody's got good content, uh, an excellent sign by WWE. And I think it's going to be interesting as Cody, Cody's choice of words will make people think about it. Is Cody going to somehow be there in person? How does that work? So I'm not saying he is, but the way he phrased it was smart. Okay. Let's see what else here. We got Becky Lynch in a last chance elimination match in the main event of Monday Night Raw. And she won. Becky Lynch won this to secure a final spot at the Money in the Bank in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, she faced Nikki A.S.H., Zia Lee, Tamina, Shayna Baszler, and Dewdrop to win the match. And Dewdrop and Lynch were the last two. It was I guess kind of cool to see Tamina and Dewdrop go face to face. Although I feel like I was watching the Nia Jax Tamina face to face, and I feel like I feel like I've seen this before. The crowd didn't really react to that. They did like for a second, and then I don't think they got the reaction they expected. But uh, Zia Lee, of course, is 
We don't know much about her other than she, uh, you know, shoots lightning out of her hands and she's the protector of apparently herself. Last I heard Nikki A.S.H. is colder than cold. Let me just say that um, she is she she's floundering. I have to say, uh, Nikki A.S.H., if you are a fan of her, a fan of hers, you should be a little worried. Um, and I don't mean that she's going to be fired, but she's on the road to be considered i think for a potential uh, release if they had ever if they ever had another round of releases and i don't i haven't heard anything but nikki ash i i, I would be a bit concerned just by how they've booked her treated her they haven't given her any mic time uh you know sometimes sometimes she's not on the show sometimes uh you know they uh they just have her consistently lose and lose and lose and she has no gimmick you know she she's was this superhero now she's just somebody that is wearing a superhero cape that doesn't even get a chance to expand her character. Anyway, uh, so Lynch wins, and now she is added to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. That that certainly shakes things up in a big way with uh, the other women that are in that matchup. And again, we will have your full preview and prediction show. I'm doing it with Grace who has her own podcast, the Evolutionary Wrestling Podcast. Go check out and subscribe to that. And we'll be doing that later this week, obviously before Saturday, probably on a uh, Thursday, Friday this week. We'll be doing a review, a preview show. And then the review show will be hopefully right after the event ends if I am awake. So check that out. Also yesterday, guys, I released an old one-year-ago show with Ashley and myself previewing last year's money in the bank event and i was listening to some of it and we were talking about riddle and randy and how randy's going to turn on riddle but yet they've caught lightning in a bottle and here we are one year later just amazing uh, how it's already come to pass and uh if you haven't checked it out guys go go listen to that from yesterday but also check out ashley's podcast she has her own too she has her own too it's called the kick ash podcast so go subscribe to that she has it really anywhere that podcasts are available and I, I'm sure she'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. And long-term co-host of this show, one of the OGs of this show. So, um, all right. So I think that pretty much covers it. Did I get everything, guys? No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. Montez Ford defeated Jey Uso via pinfall after hitting a frog splash. That, that, that That's pretty much it. Montez Ford wins with his from the heavens, and they have to do the replay eight times. And that's fine, you know. So that was that was pretty much it. As the Usos continue to lose, but you know what will happen when the uh, event actually takes place on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that the uh, Usos are going to retain there. Spoiler alert. So again, guys, uh, not not a bad Raw. Certainly, if you take anything away from Monday Night Raw, John Cena is the one thing you'll take away from this show. Sure, you may remember that Riddle and Becky got themselves into their respective Money in the Bank ladder matches, which is important in their two big names, and they both have legitimate chances to win, which honestly is really the story of the tape here when it comes to both matches. We'll dive into that in the, the full preview show later this week. And predictions, but uh, the biggest takeaway, no doubt about it, is Mr. Hustle loyalty and respect for his 20th year of coming into WWE. We, we actually got Kurt Angle coming in, or rather, he was via a, a pre recorded 
pre-recorded uh, video that I'm sure he did himself and said that he came in. And he actually said the prototype, That's which was weird because that's not actually how he was debuted. Kurt Angle made a bit of a, a, a kerfuffle, if you will, because the prototype was only known in OVW. When they introduced him in WWE on SmackDown on June 27, 2002, when Kurt Angle was there, the infamous ruthless aggression, and he slaps Kurt Angle. Uh, he was introduced as John Cena. He even said his name. So it was weird that Kurt Angle mentioned the prototype. Some people were probably like, what What? what do you mean the prototype? Anyway, uh, so but it was, it was absolutely cool to see Kurt Angle comment. It was also interesting to note that they, they had Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson from AEW, Chris Jericho from AEW also weigh in on this. Very interesting there. Uh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But to me, that I mean, I can't remember the last time that they had somebody that was currently in a different promotion be able to contribute to the, the show. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, of course, it was all John Cena related and they didn't do anything else. And they still, you know, introduced them as jo- uh, Bri- uh, Daniel Bryan. They didn't introduce him as Bryan Danielson. But that was interesting. People were like, wait, what? They're AEW. <laughs> so, so uh, but. Cool. Uh, very cool to hear from both of them and Randy Orton, of course. Uh, and it, did, did it look like Randy Orton was out in the wilderness? It, it looked like Randy Orton was just kind of like lost. Maybe he's out there with Elias. I don't know. Um, he was just kind of out there. And so anyway, uh, a decent Monday Night Raw. The, 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 the Cena stuff was suffocating, I have to say. There was no big payoff either. You thought it was building to something and building to something of somebody coming out and it'll build to a SummerSlam match that didn't happen. And so it it was a bit of a flat ending for Cena where you thought there was going to be something and it was just nothing. Kind of like when Triple H had his 20th, was it 20 or 25 years of Triple H when they did it? I believe it was during the pandemic era, though. And you're like, okay, this is building to something. This is building to something. And it built to nowhere. It was a bridge to nowhere, just into outer space. Like, it didn't lead anywhere. Uh, And I kind of felt that same way with John Cena, although this was much more suffocating of uh, in your face every two seconds of John Cena on the screen or in a video package. And again, not all of it was bad. A good chunk of it was, was tolerable and entertaining and nostalgic. But you, I already gave you guys the uh, the rundown of what I thought about uh, some of the bad stuff <laughs> that I was not a fan of. And that happens, you know, but th- this was overwhelming John Cena. Just just a little too much. But the crowd still received him very well. Very, very well. And, of course, all the Make-A-Wish stuff he does is uh, commendable. Commendable as hell. I mean, there's nothing, there's really nothing you can say about that that, uh, you know, could... Um, that could be bad. You know, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't always have the cameras on him, which is always the most important thing to me. Does a celebrity do it only when cameras are on them or do they do it in secret when nobody's around, you know? And I think John Cena is a genuinely good guy. I really do believe that for all the things I criticize him about for the pandering that he's been doing literally for 20 years. Uh, you know, of course his jorts and all that, that, you know, that that's just something that he's been criticized for forever but now it's kind of become endearing for a lot of people um you know that kind of thing and uh, five moves of doom and all that but john cena no doubt about it love him hate him doesn't matter he is forever enshrined in wwe history and will go down as one of the greatest of all time and he's not done 
I think we'll see a 17th championship, and I think there's a lesser but solid chance of a heel turn because I think fans were deprived of that during his career, and now you're playing with house money. I mean, there's nothing to lose with John Cena. He's a made man. You're not building the company around him anymore. No risk. Go for it, man. You know, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So I hope you guys enjoy the Monday Night Raw review here. This is a lot of fun. Hopefully video coming soon. More to, more to talk about there. And, of course, you can catch us every single day nearly with new content. Tomorrow's the mailbag. Don't forget, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan are going to be here. So send your emails, mailbag at wwepodcast.com for them to answer them. I will also be, and of course, those of you on Patreon can message me internally. I'll be doing all the voicemails. We don't actually have a whole lot of stuff which is crazy. So maybe there's a tidal wave of crap you guys are going to drop on me tomorrow. But um, I will be doing the mailbag voicemail portion tomorrow, and that'll be fun. So uh, I appreciate everybody listening. If you want to go ad-free, patreon.com slash WWE podcast, one freaking dollar to start. Of course, there's other tiers that get you more stuff, but dollar to start with all the ad-free content. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.